0: Welcome to Trauma and Pop Culture, a monthly podcast where we seek to make knowledge about trauma accessible to the everyday person through analyzing books, movies, TV shows, and other elements of popular culture through a trauma lens. I'm Katherine Spearing and I'm a trauma recovery coach. I also have a master's degree in religion and cultures and work with survivors of trauma on a regular basis. A word about popular culture. This could be material from modern times, like a Taylor Swift song, or it could be something really old that has retained its relevance over time. Like Shakespeare. On most of the episodes on trauma and pop culture, I'll be bringing other mental health professionals into the conversation, but occasionally it'll just be me. While we will be sharing general information about trauma, we are not diagnosing anyone, which is one of the reasons we'll likely stick to fiction most of the time. Please be advised that every discussion assumes everyone has listened to or read or watched said popular item. Expect spoilers around every corner. Occasionally we'll record these episodes while drinking or eating. So you'll often hear us discuss our food and beverage choices. Just wanted to give you a heads up. If you have questions about trauma or a show or movie or anything you think would be great to analyze, send it to traumaandpopculture at gmail.com. As I mentioned, I am a trauma recovery coach who also works with clients one-on-one. If you're interested in working with me, you can visit my website, katherinespearing.com coaching for more information and use the contact form to reach out. While you're on my website, you can sign up for my monthly mailing list, where I'll send out more tidbits about trauma, what popular culture stories I have found helpful on my own trauma recovery journey, plus a few other things you might enjoy. While the tone of this podcast is mostly lighthearted and fun, we will be discussing trauma, There might be some elements that are activating, especially if you're a trauma survivor. So move slow. Take care of yourself. If you find yourself overwhelmed, you can always take a break and come back later. Kate West is a writer and editor in Grand Rapids, Michigan, with publications in The Reveler, Religion Dispatches, Fourth Genre, and Hawaii Pacific Review among others. She serves on the editorial board of Tears of Eden and her forthcoming memoir on escaping the Christian patriarchy movement will be published in 2024. Kate and I did a double header recording when we recorded this episode and an episode for another podcast I host called Uncertain, this is the affiliate podcast of the nonprofit I founded, which cares for survivors of abuse in evangelical churches. Kate's episode on Uncertain will air during Spiritual Abuse Awareness Month this January, so be sure to check it out. Did you have a chance to rewatch the film? Rewatch it?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's weird watching it again when you know what's yeah. happening,
0: seeing seeing the signs. It's
1: kind of like reliving your past, like when you're like, oh, that makes sense.
0: And that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Kind of like, oh, that's why that happened. Mm -hmm. I think even the title itself is so brilliant. Like, don't worry, darling, is such a patronizing thing to say yeah and I don't know if anyone's ever like said those specific words to me like oh don't worry darling
1: yeah. but
0: that posture of like oh just don't worry your wee little head just let the let the men handle this or let mm-hmm. the you know the shepherds in the church world let the shepherds handle it you know just like yeah. it's very demeaning very patronizing and they think that they're protecting you. And like right. they think that they're like taking care of you. And it's like, oh my gosh, even the title, like the title like makes so much sense after you watch it. And yeah. also disclaimer, well, you listen to the episode, but we do do a uh, give a give a warning about spoilers. So spoilers are <laughs> I, <laughs> but yeah. So no, what are what that. were some of your observations watching it or watching the first time, watching the second time?
1: Oh, it was just like the glitches you know, like when she was like noticing the eggs cracking and didn't have anything inside of them or like when she was pushed against the glass and you realizing like it's the glitch in the system. Yes. Those are
0: like the red flags. Yes.
1: That she's like, noticed. The
0: glitch in the system. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was kind of also like wondering too, I forgot about the eggs, but the, the glass and how like the glass was like pushing up against her and was like mm-hmm. basically suffocating her and then when you find out that this is all happening in their minds, and this is just a simulation, right. I, like, I wonder how much of her actual feelings of suffocation led to an actual, like, outplay. Right. Being for real suffocated. And then with the saran wrap, which is oh, was- was so intense. Yes. Yeah. 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 I like that was like a, like a, just like metaphor for her, like the, the mm-hmm. feeling of suffocation and, and then the, just the gaslighting of the entire community of like, what's your deal? Like you have everything you want, unlimited everything. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay money for anything. Like everything just kind of happens for you. You can make whatever food you want. Sex mm-hmm. with your husband's great. Like what, what's the deal? Like, what's the problem? Why, why would you have? Right. A problem with this thing yeah so I guess I kind of wanted to zero in on just like benevolent sexism again and then how that might impact someone when everything looks great everything looks fine you have money and you have no cares for anything and you don't have to worry about whatever and like food and shelter and like what's your problem and just so like folks who are listening thinking just if you are not aware of what the benevolence sexism is, is when a man does something on behalf of a woman that is, is you know, maybe objectively like a caring thing, like opening the door for her or helping, you know, carry heavy things or providing for her financially or paying for dinner. And it like seems like this really nice thing but it's done in this way that takes away the woman's agency and takes Mm -hmm. away the woman's choice and so like literally that was the entire (laughs) this entire story was just like one big drop of benevolent sexism where did you see that show up in the in the story
1: it was just like this idea that this is what you were made for like you could hear it in the main the guy who set up the whole system of when he would do those like radio hours in the morning yes, and you would tell them like, you know, this is for your good and we have what's best in mind for you and we want you to be happy. And it's like, but they don't have a choice in what that happiness looks like. I think that's like in any kind of patriarchal system where they're telling you they're protecting you as a female, but really it's like you have no choice in what that protection might look like. Exactly. So yeah. So it was really weird to see that play out on the screen with like kind of like a man, a man's version of what they think women would be happy with. <laughs>
0: <You're right. laughs> like like dance classes. Dance,
1: like like ba- yeah, I thought about that with the ballet of like ballet of all things like
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then like, you know, go shop somebody drives you to go shopping and you could just buy whatever you want and it's like yes. for what reason? And even like the cleaning, I was thinking like, why did they make them clean if it's not even a real place, and there's no like nothing to clean technically, right? Right. But it's like they're keeping them occupied in like some sense of purpose, giving them
0: a purpose. Oh, You're right. You're totally right. I was like, I did think that while she was vacuuming, and was like, why don't they have maids? But you're like, she needed to have a purpose that was creating a home for her husband.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like that whole idea of like women have to follow these gender roles or the gender role that they, like the men think they have to follow for them to be happy. Like it's part of their DNA. Like you have to be a cleaning, cooking, stay at home wife to be happy. Mm -hmm. So it's not just luxury. It's like you have to do the household things to fulfill your whole purpose.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it really comes from a place. You're right about like the man deciding this is, what a woman would like, and this is what yeah. make a woman happy. And, yeah. and therefore I know it's best to do these things, yeah. which is why there's such a strong reaction whenever a woman does step out of that slightly or question that slightly, or, or just, you know, has a reaction. So, you know, like when Jack comes home and is like, they were deciding not to have children. And then Jack suddenly was like, maybe we should have a child right. and she reacts strongly and then she's like villainized for yeah. like no we had already decided yeah. we were gonna do this and and then she and then it's like suddenly there's something wrong with her that she would dare to have a desire that is different than her created whatever <laughs> yeah and
1: did you notice that he brought that up only after she tried to get Mm-hmm. like the truth mm-hmm. and so he came home and he's like here's this fancy new dress for you to wear and also let's have a kid i want to miniature you it's like you know this will make you really happy and it's like that she he's not even getting the real problem he's just right like, i
0: want to give you a child to give you yeah. something to occupy yourself right. and yeah. and distract her probably to just kind right. of throw her, off, throw her off the scent and then just like the when you find out at the end That when they are driving into the desert, that they're actually going back to real life. The men are right. And they're actually doing work in the real world to pay for the fake life. And so they get to come back. And so when he has this strong reaction of like, how come you're not grateful? Yeah, (laughs) I work so hard, (laughs) so hard. To give you this thing. Yeah. And how come you're not grateful? And she responds with like, you took my life away. And he right. was like, You're unhappy in that life. But she was like, But it was my life. Right. And that was like, I was like, that is it. That is it. That is the point where where like benevolent sexism is it, that's where the problem is, is it's like that, like, okay, maybe I was maybe I was miserable and, and our flashbacks of her life, she was pretty tired. Like she was exhausted. It wasn't, it wasn't super fulfilling, but she got to make that choice and she gets to make that choice and everyone gets to make that choice of like, I want this life. I prefer this because I have autonomy, autonomy and agency over this other thing, you know? And it was Mm -hmm. just, (laughs) yeah it
1: was because like the the (laughs) happiness of that fake world wasn't real it wasn't based on anything real and i did you notice like when he they were back in the real world the flashbacks i think it seemed to me like he had lost his job and so she was working extra to pay the bills and then he got mad at her for being tired and it was like that's how he got sucked into that like the internet where it's telling men like if only women would stop working and then men could have jobs oh my
0: gosh
1: and I was just like oh my gosh. this happens so often like they it like, does that lie yeah. of like well if only we could just put women back in their place then men would be happy right they'd have control again and it's like and, mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way
0: yeah and that the woman's independence and the woman's working is the issue mm-hmm. not the man's insecurity.
1: Yeah. Or the the fact that he doesn't have a job, like he, right. something happened that he didn't have a job. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. And even if, I mean, I don't know what his job was. He didn't look too good in the <laughs> flashbacks. So I was like, I don't know what his job was, but she's a yeah. surgeon or whatever. Yeah. like She probably makes more money than him. Mm-hmm. And so... Like that was probably like always this a, a state of tension. Like my wife makes more than me. And like mm-hmm. I'm the man. And like not being able to deal with that. And that is like today, 2022. Yeah. That will be the cause of like like marriages falling apart. Mm-hmm. It's like women, you know, they get married and then the woman like suddenly makes more money because of a job change or becoming successful and the the man cannot cope. And it leads to like, I literally just watched a documentary about female writers (laughs) (laughs) and like all of these women, like who just like got like these instant fame from, Mm -hmm. from publishing and how like only one of them, the marriage stayed intact and the husband to adjust all of the other ones. It was like interviewing the husbands and they were anxious and they just felt weren't enough. And they like, it just like, it was so sad that they're they they were not able to like embrace the success of their wife and it mm-hmm. like it came about them and like their yeah. which is what benevolent sexism is it's like right. I think I'm doing something for the woman but it's really selfishly motivated like mm-hmm. I want to feel good about myself that I opened the car door for her I want to feel good about <laughs> myself that I carried the heavy basket you know like it's not about actually protecting her mm-hmm. and taking care of her and like and doing something that is actually good for her it is really yeah. selfishly motivated yeah i've seen, wanted this world
1: i've seen that happen where like i've known people who are the the couple and the, this husband would make the wife like quit whatever side job she was doing because he wanted to be like the main breadwinner in oh, the family gosh. and it's like she's enjoying that job so you're not like helping her out you're just like so you feel better about your job Mm -hmm. which is just Mm -hmm. so backwards imagine if women did that
0: right (laughs) exactly what about like so like the trauma and it might not have shown up entirely just in the film but like in general what does that trauma of the benevolent sexism look like and Mm -hmm. and how does that show up like for a woman when She has these good things and maybe a nice house and, you know, unlimited credit card or whatever. But then she doesn't have any agency and she doesn't have any voice.
1: I think like you think about the neighbor or the friend who was on the roof and died.
0: Oh, Margaret.
1: That's kind of like what the main character's future would have been like, I think, if she'd been stuck there forever. Because, you know, something's wrong, but you can't get out what else do you do? But like, you start thinking about hurting yourself or like
0: mm-hmm. doing
1: anything just to get some help, you know, And right. she kept asking for help and nobody was listening. It was so frustrating.
0: Yeah. And yeah, like just like do like do whatever you can to mm-hmm. just like survive or, or end it because mm-hmm. it's just so suffocating in ways that you're probably not even aware of. And I would say it would show up more, more subtly in and I I think it's just kind of like the subtle just like gaslighting nature of it of just like I want to say that I'm not happy but I don't have any evidence. (laughs) Like I don't have any evidence to indicate that I'm not happy that that there's something and then to dare to for the reason that you're not happy be that you dare to desire something. Mm-hmm. that doesn't exist, then like you're selfish. And so you're like, so even just that suppressing of a voice, which then just leads to this life of powerlessness, which is where trauma shows up is when yeah. you're powerless in your circumstances and things are happening yeah. to you that you cannot control.
1: I thought yeah. it was interesting because, you know, the, most of the movie is happening in her mind right. Or in their minds. So the fact of trauma, they're not going to be able to show like what that does to your body so much because it's all mental, but I thought they did a really good job of like showing what that felt like. And like, you know, it felt like her mind was disintegrating. Like she was having weird dreams and like, she had to go get electrocution therapy and these kinds of fragmented parts of her brain. I think that's where like the trauma was was shown is just it's it starts there with how she thought about herself and like who she was and what she wanted and but there was some core part of her that still held on to her humanity like when the plane crashed and she was like why is nobody helping right this person who's crashed and she, yes. that part of her that knew something was wrong you know didn't oh bother. you're
0: right doctor side what's it that was her, it was her doctor side her doctor. doctor.
1: Oh yeah. Like, like, no. Yeah. Yeah,
0: It's like, Oh, emergency. Like I need to go help. It was like coming, showing up in the real real world that that didn't get go away.
1: Right. And (laughs) she knew it was wrong to just ignore people in pain. And I think that, that helped her keep who she was despite all this manipulation.
0: Right. Right. And then also with Margaret too, like, Mm -hmm. like I know she's not I know that that wasn't just like a, like a little, an accident. Like, right. I I saw what happened. I know what I saw. Yeah. And like she, and then you find out she's a doctor and she has like the legitimate knowledge (laughs) to to be (laughs) able to like, and then her, Oh, Oh, this is like all coming clear now. Cause there was the doctor, whatever, who was like trying to give her pills and she was like, I don't want them. And then she steals the file from him. And there's like a battle between like, the doctor in this scenario, and then her because she's like a doctor, right? Uh, like that's just now coming clear to me. I was like, <gasps> Oh, <laughs> she's as uh, she's fighting this, but yeah, I feel like, yeah, just like the mental disintegration and that feeling of when you are being gaslit like that and you are having your agency taken away then that disintegration that you mentioned of just, it's just like, she just felt crazy. Like she, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if she even said that, like, like something's happening to me. She she did have that moment of like, something's happening to me, something, I don't know what's wrong with something's happening to me. yeah And like that feeling of like, I'm crazy, like something, something mm-hmm. is off, something's off, something's off.
1: Yeah. I think she said that the towards the end where she's like, You're, you keep trying to make me feel like I'm crazy. Or you tre- keep saying that I'm crazy or something like that. And mm-hmm. she's like, but I'm not crazy. Like she knows like I'm not completely insane. Something's wrong.
0: Right. That he has the very like, he doesn't say, Don't worry, darling, but that like mm-hmm. that is his posture. It's just like, oh, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Just don't, don't worry your little head. Let's unwell. <laughs> Happy. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> good. Uh, yeah. Good movie. Well done. And well done movie.
1: I thought it was good. I thought it was like filmed really well I I've heard a lot of like mixed reviews but I I thought for what it was like the story was well told and they shot really well and it's fascinating
0: yeah and I think it taps into it's a very timely story in Mm -hmm. this world where there is just there's more awareness of the ways that the system has hurt women and and as that awareness grows there's a there like patriarchy is fighting back. Right. And, and this idea that the ideal world for these men was 1950s when women Mm -hmm. wore heels to vacuum the carpet, like that, that they got to choose to go back to this ideal world. Yeah. Like wished that they always that they, they would, the ideal world that they wish still existed. I was like, oh, that's like so timely for <laughs> it's
1: an old story too. It's like nothing new, but it keeps happening. I feel like yes. guys get, ex- you know, radicalized into like the manosphere or, you know, incels or whatever. And it's like, haven't we learned enough by now? Like this is so
0: destructive, but it just keeps mm-hmm. happening. Not to make this about all about men, but how do you <laughs> think it's the man's trauma? that is leading him to make these decisions like where do you think that's showing up
1: well it's like I'm thinking about when you see him at home and he's not working and he doesn't have like that sense of purpose like he's feeling lost and disconnected because he's alone all the time and I think I that happens a lot like in real life where people get alone they get onto the internet and they read extreme views and like oh if only this happened then I would feel better or whatever but I think obviously the solution was wrong but it came from this real place of feeling purposeless or insecure and culture is telling him to be masculine you know like to be masculine you have to have a a job yeah yeah like I feel like they're in at least in our society if a woman doesn't have a job and she stays home like people are like, okay with that. It's okay. It's a choice. But if a man stays home, it's like, whoa, that's so strange that you Mm. don't have a job, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like this big identity for men. Culturally, I think they're socialized to believe that that's a big part of who they are. And so when they don't have
0: that, they lose the sense of themselves. Yeah. And that's a way that patriarchy is not just damaging to women, it's damaging to men too. Right. that his own trauma uh, and his own powerlessness was like i can't provide for my family which was an expectation that society put on him that he was supposed mm-hmm. to be able to do that or that i should make more money than my wife the societal expectation that was put on him that then made him feel powerless that mm-hmm. then caused him to project that that powerlessness or the reason for that powerlessness onto a woman because that is, that is society's narrative. Like if mm-hmm. women would just be in their place and men were able to do, you know, the manly things, then everything would work out. And it's a very, it's a false narrative. And so instead of like addressing the system that is like actually leading to his trauma and his right. powerlessness, it's, it's, the woman's fault and I need to do these things. And it's an act of like trying to regain control. Mm -hmm. And I see that happening right now with the way that the patriarchy is fighting back is it's like, it's an, it's an effort to regain control rather than addressing the damaging ways that the system has also created the world for them as well. And addressing that trauma, as opposed to, I need control woman is the problem let's get her back right. into the cage.
1: And I didn't think that he was all that bad of a person in the movie. Like it seemed like he really had feelings for his wife and he wanted them to be happy. And it wasn't like he thought of it as control. And I, I think that happens a lot where men might get caught up in a patriarchal ideology and they believe that if this happens then we'll be happy. So it's like, it felt like he, he did care about her. And then, was it his name Frank, the guy who set up the whole
0: right? Thing.
1: Like he seemed more of like the evil villain of like
0: absolutely is,
1: we need to change the world this way.
0: He's plotting. And, yeah, yeah, right.
1: So it's like complicated. It's not like all men are bad or or anything like right. that. It's just like you can get caught up in this false belief of what reality should look like for women.
0: Mm-hmm. and it's very it's very much how like any cult, especially like a patriarchal cult which most cults tend to be patriarchal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's like this strong man that has like the nefarious intent who then plays on the insecurities mm-hmm. and the traumas of the weaker men and says do this and you have power. Do this and you right. have and like any of us would be susceptible to that. Like you don't have to feel yeah. this way anymore. Mm Do this, you don't have to feel and it's like an addiction, like 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 do these things and follow this pattern and you know buy this simulation and Your problems will be solved, and then you like see Frank and like all the way that the like the men like puppy worshipped Frank and like talk to Frank. Frank, (laughs) you don't get to ask Frank questions and like that kind of like I'm like that was so like well done of just like it's Frank, it's Frank, it's. (laughs) 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 I was just like I've like literally seen that happen in real time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, for real, it was really resonant for me. I was like, oh my goodness, this is like I've experienced this.
0: (laughs) real too real (laughs) (laughs) yep yeah it's not always like very aggressive narcissists doing this it's right uh, it's it's people who who might be you know have some genuinely kind traits and caring Mm -hmm. traits and so yeah brilliant film yeah brilliant film any anything else you want to say about the film
1: I think I'm going to keep thinking about where they were at the party and they were ch- chanting whose world is this? Yes. But that, that's gonna really stick with me because I I feel like that's been chanted in other words, like yes. where the where the men in power are saying, Whose world is this? It's ours. Yes. And I was like, oh it's so creepy, but you see that happening with like white nationalists or white supremacists.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, People who know and it's power. like in a
0: way that a lot of like people get wrapped up in that is it's just like they think they're doing it for the good of the world. Right. Like this toxic belief that like the world needs us to be in charge. Like the, yeah. world, the world needs this belief system, the world right. needs this yeah. type of system. And and we're saving the world mm-hmm. by doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Very timely. Awful. Good, 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 good stuff. Good stuff. And entertaining. It was an entertaining movie too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Good job, Olivia Wilde. I didn't know that it was directed by a woman. And then when I found out that it was, I was like, oh, yeah, I can tell. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. Oh, like the whole thing is from her perspective. They don't really right. go into the men's perspective of it. Mm-hmm. It's just what she's witnessing. And I think that's brilliant because so many times we tell stories of cults or, or terrible things happening. It's from the perpetrator's perspective.
0: Yeah. We're still focused on mm-hmm. on the perp. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was, it was very well done. Good job, Olivia Wilde. Join us next time for discussing trauma in Colleen Hoover's book, It Ends With Us. What I have been impressed with in the book is how it depicts the thought process of a woman in an abusive marriage and answers the question, why would a woman stay in that?